Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Hello, Morgan. Hey, Aaron. <laughs> what? How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Good. Good to know. How about you? I'm good. I'm excited to be recording when it's not late at night and I can have more thoughts. Yeah, no, it's, it is nice to do this during the day right now. It feels there's a, there's a bit stressful. of peacefulness to it. Yeah, one could say peace. <laughs> yes, peace. <laughs> we are going to be talking about White Horse and Today Was a Fairy Tale. Yeah, I think we just we decided to do these two because they both um, follow Taylor's fearless trope of um, fairy tales. She talks a lot about fairy tales in this album. And instead of having multiple episodes where we address fairy tales, we decided to combine these two so we can have one episode that is primarily on fairy tales. <laughs> well, we know that this is a theme in the fearless album However, it is a little bit weird that we're starting with White Horse and then we're going to go on to Today Was a Fairy Tale because it feels like it should be in the opposite order. Well, I think that's, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think that's true just because um, White Horse doesn't mean that Taylor's giving up on fairy tale love. It just means that this that person wasn't the fairy tale love. And so she's still hoping for that fairy tale love, which is found in Today Was a Fairy Tale. Okay. All right. She does say she was a dreamer before he went and let her down. Well, why don't we get to the lyrics when we get there? Okay. Let's start off with our fearless feature. So today, because we're trying to find connections to the song titles, we're doing, we're going to be talking about what white privilege is and give you some resources to learn more. Just a quick definition. White privilege is the societal privilege that benefits white people over non-white people. And in some societies, specifically Western societies, um, particularly if they're otherwise under the same social, political or economic social um, circumstances. So, you know, that would be Western societies primarily. The roots come in with like European colonialism and imperialism and the Atlantic slave trade. White privilege has developed in circumstances that have broadly sought to protect white racial privileges. Yeah, and I would say that that's significant to say that white privilege was created, right? Like, the idea of race overall was invented. It was. I mean, if you go far back as, you know, just even looking at the Bible in a um, specifically uh, educational resource, there was every every character in the Bible was of a different race. It wasn't white people. White people didn't come along until much later. And Jesus certainly was not white. He was not. <laughs> so um, white privilege was created by Western civilization trying to dominate and, you know, take control over other civilizations and show their power. And it, while we have laws in place that prevent that from happening now, it is residual and it still happens every day. Right. It's so firmly built into our foundation of who we are as a world at this point that it's really hard to uproot. I would also add on that, you know, we had a lot of conversations like about white privilege over the summer. And you would often see the argument of someone saying, oh, well, I am not privileged because I grew up poor or 
my dad mistreated me um, or any number of bad things that had happened. And it's not to say that those things aren't valid. It's just to say that your life wasn't made more difficult because of your skin color. Despite how you were raised, if you were white and you walk down the street, you're not going to be looked at differently than if you were black or brown. Or white privilege to me is also, you know, feeling more safe when you get pulled over, that type of thing. Um, Just things that you don't even think about. Yes, it's just innate in our society. And that's why a lot of people are unaware or haven't noticed them. Um, So the recommendation that we have, first of all, I want to say we as white people, Morgan and I, um, would like to recommend to other white people who are good, willing and wanting to learn that we should not be relying on people of color to educate us because we can't put the burden back on them. And so at a certain point in time, you need to start educating yourself and learn the history of why we have developed as a society to the point that we are. And a a really good way to do that is by reading. So our recommendation is any book by Ibram X. Kendi. You might have heard this summer talk about how to be an anti-racist. And then he also has another great book called Stamped from the Beginning, which talks about United States history and explains, you know, the policies and the ways that white privilege and white power was explicitly built into our systems and thus why they still remain so prevalent today. Yeah, that book is really interesting because it's a completely different spin on what you learn in American history um, in throughout the textbooks, or at least I did. I obviously haven't been in um, been a student of American history in quite some time, but it's the stamped from history book is really interesting because it takes the the laws that you learn about, the wars that you learn about, the policy changes and shifts that you learn about, and expressly shows how they were, you know, it may not have been the primary factor in a lot of them. It could have been the primary factor in a lot of them, but they were also, but they were through implementing them, they created, kept creating divides between white people and people of color. And a lot of this is just relearning history adequately. Like history has been whitewashed and is written by the victor. So once you're aware of that, you have a certain responsibility to unlearn and relearn. And it's it's really fascinating because I only recently have been learning more about queer history and recognize that there are people who were lynched and killed who were monumentally important, like similar to Emmett Till and you know, Emmett Till, we didn't even really talk about for a long time either. So learning the history is really important. And the same guy, uh, Ibram X. Kendi, he has um, started the Boston University Center for Anti-Racist Research. So we would like to ask that if you want to give a donation or are able to give a donation that you donate to them. Thank you. So the connection there with me was just white horse, white privilege, I saw white, and I was like, that's how we can get to talk about it. I think it was great. Thanks. Let's get on into it. What was your original connection to the song, Morgan? I mean, I hate to be repetitive, but I didn't, I can't recall an original connection to this song. I know that it was one of her singles. I can't remember. Was it the third single? I'm not sure. I do know it was one of her singles. And, and I will say that this is 
obviously one of her early track fives. So it it hits hard and it's one of those wallowers. And I do really like this song, but it's once again a, a more recent like of this song. I can't recall if I had strong connection with it back when it was originally released. That's fair. For me, this was my sad driving in the car song. That that makes sense. And it still is. I mean, today it's a sad driving in the car song. Mm-hmm. It, it would be like, it's raining, it's late at night, I'm feeling some type of way, I need to listen to this. Always with the rain. <laughs> I would like to note it is sunny today. It's beautiful. It's like the first time you've driven over to my place and it's not been raining. It's true. <laughs> I, I will point out that the liner, or not the liner note, but the message in this song from her original release was, all I ever wanted was the truth. So he's a liar. And we don't know who he is. I think it's an ambiguous he at this point. And actually, is it is there specific? Are there specific pronouns used? Does it say he in this song? I'm gonna have to wait until we get to the lyrics. I feel like there aren't, and I I always have to appreciate in hindsight the songs where there's not a specific gender to them because that allows more inclusivity in the audience and for them to be able to for anyone to be able to listen to it and imagine that it's about you and she does say i'm not your princess but you can put yourself in those sh- put yourself in the shoes of the song how about any thoughts on the original music video and now the lyric video hmm, original music video is heartbreaking and you know there's the dialogue that comes in as well i do know that i bought this one this was so like i said i think i was like 16 when this came out it was my junior year of high school And my family finally got a computer. (laughs) We finally got a computer. Yay. And so I put um, the music on my iTunes, the CDs, and then I started to watch the music videos a lot more. And I went ahead and purchased a couple and purchased some from debut. And this was one of them because I was just honestly, I think I got all of them. And wait, uh, you you were able to purchase videos? Yeah, they're like $1.99. I what I did not, I, I guess I just, that skipped me. I had no idea that you had to pay to watch music videos. Oh, not to watch them, to keep them, to buy them. Yeah, but I mean, to buy them, I mean, obviously then that's what you would need to watch them because they weren't online easily accessible if you had to buy them, right? No, they were on YouTube. I just wanted them so that I could put them on my iPod. Oh, and then watch them on your iPod? Watch them in the car uh, on a super tiny, tiny screen. Oh, my God. (laughs) And watch them, I guess, if the Internet wasn't working well. I don't know. I just wanted to own them. I also had ringtones. I still have Sparks Fly as a ringtone. Of course you do. (laughs) Well, it's a perfect ringtone because it says drop everything now. That is is a perfect ringtone. (laughs) Kind of demanding, but it works. I had Hillary Duff as a ringtone. Oh, Hillary Duff. (laughs) So good. I think it was Come Clean. That's a great one. And I will point out that Stephen Coletti was the male in this video, which goes back to, hey, Stephen. I know it's not the same Stephen, but it is funny that it was Stephen Coletti in this video. It's a little weird. I think in the lyric video now, it looks like the horse is coming out from a storm. And I thought that was nice. And it's sort of like after the rain has settled and you've realized where you are in that relationship. 
I haven't paid, I have to admit, I haven't paid much attention to the lyric video, but, and actually today was the first time that I'd ever seen the original music video. <laughs> well, the lyric video is basically just a horse galloping and there's like stormy clouds. I'm assuming it's a white horse. Mm-hmm. Got it. So what would you say your current connection to the song is? Similar, I guess, to the original, original connection. It's a really strong song and I rated it really well. I think this is one of the better ones on this album i will say though that i have seen what else she can do as far as heartbreak songs but i think this is one of the first really good ones yeah i agree it's deeper than hey steven it has a bit more um depth to the lyrics it's not as deep as other her her other wallowers but i I still really like this song i rated it high as well i will point out an interesting fact that i learned about this song was that she originally wasn't going to put it on this album. She was going to put it on Speak Now, but the reason she did put it on Fearless was uh, because Shonda Rhimes called her, and they wanted to use the song in Grey's Anatomy, and she's obviously, we all know that she's obsessed with Grey's Anatomy, and they struck a deal, and this song was played on Season five, episode two of Grey's Grey's Anatomy in 2008. Did you look that up, or did you just remember that? I, I looked it up. Okay. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, but another interesting thing that I, when I was looking it up that I saw was that Skinny Love by Bon Iver, bon Iver is also in that. And so now we come full circle where the same episode of uh, Grey's Anatomy from 2008 had Taylor Swift song and a Bon Iver song. And now they're doing songs together. That's wild. I did think that that group name artist's name was pronounced Bon Iver. Yeah, you're probably right. Sorry, everyone can shoot me now. It's okay. I think I just, I because th- I think it's supposed to sound like, I guess it's supposed to sound like in French, good winter. Okay, well, leave it to the French person. Although it's missing an H. Maybe he just dropped it. I don't know. It could be Bon Iver, but I thought it was the other way. I think you're right. That is a cool connection. And I have some just intro stuff about the song as well swift told billboard magazine it is one of the songs that i am really proud of on the record because it's so sparse it's guitar piano and cello it talks about falling in love and fairy tales that you are going to have with this person and then there is that moment where you realize it's not going to happen that moment is the most earth shattering moment this reminds me of the moment i knew you know of note, White Horse was the second song to contribute to to Swift's streak of fifth song of the album, Emotionally Vulnerable Ballads. So I guess that's what we're coining them. I also would say, like like we referenced earlier with the fact that this is about fairy tales, and uh, she does do a lot of fairy tale deconstructing in this album. She does dig really deep in the romantic tropes in this song. And you get a very clear-eyed look at the emptiness of like symbolic gestures and the emptiness of just of what you would feel if you thought something was going to be a fairy tale and it ended up not being one. Right. I think it's nice, too, that I feel like since she's a couple years older than me, that she was teaching me these lessons as I was learning them or like I was learning them from her. So it was nice because I feel like I was going through these realizations of 
everything not being like movies and media and what you grow up with and able to learn those lessons with slash from Taylor. It's real life versus fairy tale. It's great. I feel like it also would have made a really good album closer. Yeah, definitely. It it has that like galloping away, looking back and realizing that that relationship slash that town slash that feeling is not what you want anymore. I feel like as far as a storyline, it makes sense to end it there. She's throughout the album been talking about fairy tales and then she's like, oops, I realized that they're not what I thought they were. But I do like that she chose to end it with change because it's leaving it hopeful. Yeah. So do you want to get into the lyrics? Yeah. Say you're sorry. That face of an angel comes out just when you need it to. Well, there's another face of an angel, the juxtaposition with Hey Steven. Mm-hmm. And you say you're sorry is, you know, a good reference to you're not sorry. So from you're not sorry, we know, which, you know, we haven't gotten to on this album yet but as a whole when you're looking at the album you know she's learned that lesson already of being able to tell when there's manipulation and someone apologizing in vain as i paced back and forth all this time because i honestly believed in you she paced back and forth all this time reminds me not only of feelings of anxiety when you're pacing a room but it also is Symbolic of her changing her mind, pacing back and forth about the relationship. That's a good way of thinking about it. Thanks. (laughs) Holding on, the days drag on. Stupid girl, I should have known, I should have known. And that that just is representative of staying with someone longer than you should because you're just waiting for things to change. Mm -hmm. You're not ready to let go yet. But the days drag on because you're not happy. That I'm not a princess, this ain't a fairy tale. I'm not the one you'll sweep off her feet, lead her up the stairwell. This ain't Hollywood. This is a small town. I was a dreamer before you went and let me down. Now it's too late for you and your white horse to come around. I figured I'd do the whole chorus. Yeah, that's good. It's productive. So this is where I said, you said at the beginning, like she was a dreamer before he went and let her down. I still believe that she's just talking about one relationship or the relationships that didn't work out not that she doesn't ever believe that she's going to have that fairy tale ending i think it's like a realization that a lot of the things you've learned have been from media and realizing that it's not going to be the idealized way you thought it would you might still find love and you might still find that happy ending but it's not going to be what you thought it was when you were growing up. Yes, but I still think that she's she is maintaining her belief that she will have a fairy tale one day. It's just in this song at this moment she's realizing that the guy that specific guy is not the prince to her princess. I see what you mean. I do want to return back to the days drag on. Holding on the days drag on. I think could be referencing when you know the relationship is ending but it could also be post relationship that she's just holding on by a thread and the days drag on because she's so upset yeah that could be it too well my favorite line of the song is i was a dreamer before you went and let me down it's a good one it's a you're the reason i don't believe anymore it's pretty pretty intense it is and i i just think it it 
it hits hard. And I love those hard hitters. Mm -hmm. I do like the image of Sweeper off her feet leader up the stairwell because I can picture it as a movie in my head. And then at the at the same time, when she says this ain't Hollywood, the illusion is broken at that moment. So you're like imagining it up until that moment. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) but not really. Yeah. And it's and it's a very good juxtaposition to love story, too. Right. Because that is what she paints in love story is that she sees this guy at a ball or at a party and he's up on the stairwell and she runs up to meet him and you get that imagery. Whereas here it's like, nope, you're not that one that's going to lead me up the stairwell. And it's too late for you and your white horse to come around. I think that's like a really important line for just setting boundaries. Stop coming around. Don't come around anymore. It's officially over. Well, and it's also the white horse is very symbolic in the fairy tale of of the prince. Um, Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. What a white horse is. Yeah. So the white horse, you know, means salvation. This person's coming up to save you. And in fairy tales, it's the prince riding up at the last minute and saving you from the wicked witch or the bad guys. And you jump on the back and he rides off into the sunset. And she's just saying, um, it's too late. You and your white horse slash savior, quote unquote, just is not going to help me now. It's not it's not meant to be. Yeah, that's why I had originally thought this would also make a good connection with the idea of what is a white savior, which is just in history, throughout history, the way they tell a narrative, they say like, white people saved people of color from poverty, the ways they were living in Africa, by colonizing them, that type of thing, (laughs) this idea that we helped them. (laughs) And, And no, it's not true. You ready to move on from the chorus? Yeah. So maybe I was naive, got lost in your eyes, and never really had a chance. So I noted the that her pointing out maybe she was naive is very self-aware. And, you know, everyone's naive at the beginning of a relationship, though, aren't they? Yeah. The, the butterflies overpower thoughts to really think about much else past that. And got lost in your eyes you know if you are initially attracted to that person you can kind of be blind to the rest of who they are yeah to the red flags my mistake i didn't know to be in love you had to fight to have the upper hand and this is very tongue-in-cheek isn't it yeah that's my favorite line (laughs) it's just like i told you i love those like spiteful slammer lines like haha like Yeah, because she doesn't actually believe that to have be in a successful relationship, you have to be able to fight and have the upper hand. She's just saying, oh, in this in this relationship, that's what this was about. This was the dynamic and that she's learning that there's a delicate balance of a relationship between the two people and how harsh the other person can be sometimes. It, It reminds me of the I lived in your chess game from Dear John, which I love so much. Yeah, no, it definitely is. She does, those tropes follow through in a lot of her track fives. I had so many dreams about you and me. Happy endings. Now I know. So that seems to be implying that she doesn't believe in happy endings anymore. No, it says I had so many dreams about you and me. Happy endings. Yeah. About yeah. you and me. Yeah, you're right. Now I know. You win. You win. <laughs> I'm not a princess. This ain't a fairy tale. And we go back up into the chorus. There you are on your knees, begging for forgiveness, begging for me. 
just like I always wanted, but I'm so sorry. Why is she saying sorry here? She's saying I'm so sorry that <laughs> you can't have me back. Sorry for you. Like, yeah. pity the fool. Yeah, but the way she sings it is, like, she's truly like, I'm so sorry. I think she's just sorry that it didn't work out. Um, But I like this line here because she says, there you are on your knees begging for forgiveness, begging for me, just like I always wanted. What she always wanted was him down on one knee, they said forever and always, assuming this is the same person. And the image of... Uh, love story when he rushes towards her and he says talk to your dad go pick out a white dress we know that's the imagery of of someone being on their knees usually is asking your hand in marriage but this time he's on his knees because he's begging for forgiveness and that's not how she wanted it yeah it's really interesting i haven't thought about it like that that is a really good point it's a great bridge i mean we love her bridges and then there's a lyrical change in the next line because i'm not your princess she's someone else's this ain't our fairy tale instead of a fairy tale. Is it a fairy tale in the original one? Yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. I really like that change. Why do you think it's more significant? Because once again, she still believes in a fairy tale. She just didn't believe in that fairy tale between her and that person. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she had re-recorded this album during her like 1989 era, like post-1989 before rep before she met joe if she would have changed that line that's an interesting thought thanks you keep giving me compliments today <laughs> that's because you said that you feel more on on uh on point during the day and so i wanted to lift turns you up. out <laughs> turns out my brain's more awake <laughs> who'd have thunk <laughs> all right so this is a big world that was a small town i like the this that pairing it's kind of simple, but I really like it. Me too. This closing is just, one, once again, one of her lyrical geniuses, if you will, just because of the way that the imagery is, is spot on. And, you know, she's she's once again saying, not only am I turning away from you, but I'm turning away from this town that brought me you and I'm going to find follow my dreams that you I had originally had and you disrupted them. And I'll see you later. Right. I, I think that's perfectly well put because I'm going to find someone someday who might actually treat me well. She has done that. We've seen that now. And she's learning boundaries at this point in time in her life. Like in You're Not Sorry, she's learning boundaries. And then she's saying there's a lot more out there. I have tons of possibilities. Like when you're in a small town, don't you feel like there's so many people who think their only option is just to marry immediately out of high school? And I'm not saying that doesn't work out for some people, but once you've traveled a bit and at this point in her life she had, you just realize how much possibility there is out there and that you can find better and that you can go on to do bigger, better things. Right. And and then she's, you know, because she says now it's too late for you and your white horse to catch me now. So she is um, she's the one that she doesn't need saving anymore. That's a good point. I want to go back to there in my rearview mirror disappearing now because oh, sorry. I don't remember. You know, it's okay. I don't remember if we read it. I like the the metaphor of driving away as leaving a relationship. Right. And and the rearview mirror is so small. So you can only see like parts of it. And as you go away, they get smaller and smaller. And then, then soon they cease to exist. Which is just time healing you right. as you forget and move on. 
So the the catch me now, he try and catch me now. You know, she goes on to the whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> um, it's not a podcast without some of Aaron singing. Mm-hmm. It chasing after the girl. The person is chasing after the princess, we should say, who's gone on to do better things. And this reminds me of the Dear John, the ending. The whole the whole ending of this reminds me of Dear John when she says, I'm shining like fireworks over your sad, empty town. Mm. Doesn't it feel very similar? Yeah. And I mean, you I mean, you could say there are similar. It's very similar to All Too Well as well. You know, it, her track fives tend to be like. This was really hard. This was really bad. I can't believe this happened, but I'm going to be better because of it. So it's the moment I knew, if you will, like this realization. Yeah. Well, do you want to rate the song? So like I said on the last episode, I have been rating mines, mine from one to a hundred. And I have a already like an Excel document that has it. So I have given this one an 89. Oh, wow. We have been coming a lot closer in ratings since we started using the 1 to 100 scale. I gave it a 90. Okay. Which was mostly just a hunch. I'm still using that metric I had with like, you know, music, how it felt to me, emotional connection, lyrical quality, and I give it a number out of 10. And then out of that, I sort of like place it out of 100, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think everyone has to rate it how they see fit. And I do think it's interesting how we've both um, have come closer because of because we moved it to an, a scale of 100. All right. Well, I realized in the last episode, we forgot to give them ratings out of something in the song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Makes so me sorry. Sad. Yeah. So I'm going to give mine a 90 out of 100 rearview mirrors. I'm going to give mine 89 out of 100 white horses. Okay. Lame, I know. That's what I'm going to do. Not super creative, (laughs) but whatever. Thanks, teacher. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's, I'm scoring you on the rubric. I'm scoring you down for that. (laughs) Creativity was not at her best. We're going to take, oh, do you have any last thoughts? No. All right. We're going to take a short break so we can listen to the next song, and we hope you will too. And we'll be right back. The next song is Today Was a Fairy Tale. Oh, thanks. That's helpful. And we're back. Welcome back. Now, I have to say, (laughs) this is going to be an interesting conversation because this song is uh, one of the less deep ones. Yeah. Shallow, one could even say. It's a little bit flat. Obviously, she decided to keep it and re-record it. So it's still part of her, you know, her work. And so we're going to treat it just as that is. Exactly. And we did tell you that we wouldn't fangirl over everything. So here we are. And also, I think it's important to note, I'm not sure if I had told you about this, Morgan, but there was a tweet. And I believe I'm like 90% sure it was Kelly Clarkson who tweeted at Taylor. And it was after she had tweeted the picture of her saying what was going on with her music and the whole process of it being sold behind her back. And I think it was Kelly Clarkson who tweeted, you should re-record all of it just so it loses its value its value, and add something else to it to make it more valuable than the original. I think I read that Kelly Clarkson initially tweeted that back in like 2019, right? 
Yeah, like when the whole thing was going down. Was that during Lover era? Well, that's when Lover was released. Yeah. Oh, right, because it, it happened before, because then this she was like, this is my first album that I own. Yeah, and so, I mean, I am impressed that she decided to re-record some of these songs just because I would be a little bit embarrassed about stuff that I was thinking and um Well, she's feeling. published her diary pages before. She's not embarrassed. I know, and that's why I love her, because I... But I love her. I'm just saying, I think it's really interesting that she still does this because she must, there must be a part of her that's sitting there like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote this song. Right. But she did try to make them a little bit better in ways that she could. So if it wasn't lyrically, then it was with their production or what have you. So this wasn't on the album. We said it was on the Valentine's Day movie, right? Or have we not said that? I don't think we said that yet. No. Okay. Well, hello, listener. It is on the Valentine's Day album, which was another epic failure of a movie. Yeah, and that and I was had such high expectations because it came out right like shortly after Love Actually, and so I know that it was trying to do like something similar where it did all of those small little vignettes of stories. Yeah, I do remember having a lot of hope for this movie, and then it was it was just kind of a letdown. That's why I think this song is a very good metaphor for like not only the movie, it was like, you know, it it's okay. It's a good like bop, but there's it's there's not much depth to it. And it's a really good metaphor for who she was dating at the time, Taylor Lautner. He was okay, but <laughs> there's nothing special about him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's a good point. I also feel like the character that she played in this movie, when I was watching it, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, no, people are going to get the wrong impression of her. I feel like she was like typecast into like who the directors thought she was. And well, that's what I mean. That's what why I still think it's impressive that she's releasing these songs, because she almost like today was a fairytale was almost like a typecast song for her. Like it was that country singer singing happily about a fairy tale um, and we all know that there's so much more depth to her and her writing. So this song just kind of, I feel, is a inaccurate representation. I agree. Okay, so I think we kind of already talked about what our first impression is, but if you have something else that you want to I say. I would just say it was the exact same. I was like, the song came out and I, you know, I looked, I knew that she was going to be in the movie and that the song was coming out and I listened to it and I was like, eh. Yeah, me too. I mean, here it is one of the other songs from this era in time, 2008, that, like I said previously, I didn't have the whole album, but I did buy this song and it was on my iPod. It really bothered me that the picture was different than the rest of hers because it wasn't included on the album. So I didn't like that because I'm a weird person that likes to have consistency. So I did download it and I did listen to it. but I think that this fell into the whole whole reason. One of the reasons why I was kind of embarrassed to admit that I liked Taylor Swift back in the day was because she did fall into the stereotype of what others believed she was when she released this song. Yeah, and it just reinforced that. I wanted to say really quickly before I forgot about White Horse, the lyric book, um, the picture of her in the lyric book in that um, on that page looks a lot like my friend Kristen. And then I know I had told you that before, but there's certain pictures in particular I just wanted to say. 
Okay. I'll it doesn't mean anything to anyone else. I'm so sorry to bore you, but Chris, I know you're listening. So <laughs> remember that? Remember when I was always writing you letters saying how much you looked like? Yes. And oh, maybe at this point in time, we were into emails. I think this was email time when we would change the font colors and the size of the letters, like every other letter was capitalized. It was excessive. <laughs> oh, okay, let's, uh, let's jump in. Today was a fairy tale. You were the prince. <laughs> I can't even read it. I used to be the damsel in distress. I know you feel some type of way about that lyric, Erin. <laughs> I hate it so much. I know, me too. I, I think I'm sure she hates it now too. Yeah, yeah. Because she's a strong feminist now and she's part of the reason a lot of other people got there or like we grew together. I don't wouldn't say I wouldn't credit all of my feminist beliefs to Taylor, but it's just so cringe. It is because it's also it's it's even deeper cringe in the sense that she's saying she used to be a damsel in distress. So not only is she using the phrase damsel in distress, but now she's saying because of this date that she had with her prince, she is no longer the damsel in distress. He saved her. <laughs> they fell in love at first sight. This white horse worked. And whereas like with love story, there's certain lines that maybe bother me as I'm older and I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that she's grown and this is not as mature, but it's still like such a stronger song that it compensates for it. This one is just like trope after like, or like not even trope, just like stereotype. Like she's reinforcing these stereotypes about women. Yeah. And then you go into, you took me by the hand. You picked me up at six. So first of all, that is out of order. He would have had to pick her up at six before he took her by the hand. But so it goes. But today was a fairy tale. <laughs> I wore a dress. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to keep cracking up at these. You all know. Please know. I love Taylor Swift so much. Like if there's one thing people know about me. And like there were points in time when I was kind of embarrassed about it. When you know you're growing up like Morgan said. Or like it wasn't cool to like Taylor. And for the younger fans, they might not understand that. But for us older fans, there was a point in time when it was not cool to like Taylor Swift. And I love her so much now. I'm not ashamed. Like a lot of people in my adult life know that I have a podcast and I have fan pages. Like I just I don't care anymore. But these lyrics are so <laughs> bad. She wore a dress and he wore a dark gray T-shirt. Yeah. So Why couldn't she wear that? jeans? I don't know. So my thoughts on this line is like, wow, guy or person or just <laughs> put in an effort. One effort too. like it's very bold on a date to wear a dark gray T-shirt, because if you're nervous, you're going to be sweating and dark gray picks up everything. And so obviously she's implying that he was not nervous and this was just not that big of a deal to him. Right. And then you told me I was pretty when I looked like a mess. So this whole thing is supposed to be, I understand the point of it is regular moments that are now her definition of a fairy tale. So I noted that, okay, what I said earlier about doing White Horse first, I can now see this making sense as being the second song because it's like, maybe I don't have the fairy tale I pictured in Hollywood. Maybe the day-to-day -day moments are the fairy tale. So I feel like She's getting kind of on the right track. I sort of like that, but I'm looking for things to like, you know. Um, you told me I was pretty when I looked like a mess. <sighs> That's something that I would have thought was a good line maybe a while ago, but now I'm like, <sighs> it's like that, 
what what do you call that? Is it a stereotype? Like the idea that like a guy is like, you look prettier without makeup. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like it 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 would have hit home back in your teenage years because it's like, oh, he likes me even though I didn't get dolled up. But now we're so far past that. We're like, I should not. I should not have used that as a metric for who is a good guy. Yeah. Like, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, today was a fairy tale. Time slows down whenever you're around. Which also doesn't make sense to me because don't you feel like when you're having a good time, time speeds up? (laughs) I just, yeah, inconsistent. Yeah, that's, that's, (laughs) that's notable. Okay. So the next thing is, can you feel this magic in the air? Uh, I will note that there is a difference in inflection in the Taylor's version. So in the original, I'm going to try and render this, okay? Oh my gosh. Here we go. Can you feel this? It's like a little more twangy. And in the new version, she says, can you feel this? And it's more of a can, like a Midwestern. Is that Midwestern accent? I'd just say American. Okay. Less twang, I guess. There's a little bit of a difference in the way she pronounces the word there. But can you feel this magic in the air, Morgan? I mean, he's just, is is she asking like everyone or just him if he can feel it too? Oh, uh, she's like, this question is open to the room. <laughs> is it just me or is, can you, it, feel, can you feel this magic? I feel like a little embarrassed that recently this song has been in my head because I've been doing the Taylor's version songs and I've been walking around the house singing this. I think at this point, my husband, you know, he doesn't dislike Taylor Swift, but I'm still trying to constantly prove how amazing and worthy she is like most Taylor Swift fans are like it's like our full-time job to try to try to like prove her worth thus the reason we have a podcast (laughs) and I feel a little embarrassed when I'm walking around like can you feel this magic in the air I mean that is something to say about this song you know it is very um uh what's the word when you when it gets stuck in your head it's very catchy catchy thank you yeah you're welcome must have been the way you kissed me Fell in love when I saw you standing there. <laughs> it must have been the way. Today was a fairy tale. It must have been the way. <laughs> Today was a fairy tale. Today, Today was, was a fairy, fairy tale. tale. <laughs> I want to go back now and count how many times she says fairy tale. Mm. All right, you do that. I'm going to keep going. You've got a smile. Takes me to another planet. Okay. I'll count later. I just, I don't have anything to say about that. It's fine. <laughs> every move you make, everything you say is right. I really don't like that because no one's perfect. As Miley said, <laughs> nobody's perfect. But today was a fairy tale. Today was a fairy tale. All that I can say is now it's getting so much clearer. Nothing made sense till the time I saw your face. <laughs> today was a fairy tale. All right, so I will say um, this is a basic version of a way better line, which is, I don't want to look at anything else now that I saw you. I can never look away. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm -hmm. So we see that she's gotten better. And once again, I mean, she she did keep this in the vault for a reason, and she... Well, it was out because it was with the movie, but it wasn't on the album. Yeah, and she 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 took it out of her vaults solely so that it could be on this soundtrack. And it is a 
it's it's a clever song to use on a soundtrack because it's catchy and because it's upbeat and because people will bop around to it. So how much of this song do you think the film asked her to write? Like what how how involved, I guess, do you think they were in giving her the concept for the song? Do you know anything about that? I don't know anything. Sometimes about I'm that. like, you're a lawyer. You know shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I read about cases and precedent, not Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. Like when we were getting ready to start this podcast, I was like coming to Morgan with all these like copyright questions. And she's like, I don't do this type of litigation. <laughs> no. like, Stop asking me. I Google can help it. you get out of jail, but that's about it. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get there, though. Okay, well, and also no judgment if you've been to jail and you're listening to this. Zero judgment from Morgan and I. I feel like what I said, you might mistake mistake it for judgment, and I did not mean it that way. No, no one does. So where are we picking up with these lines? <laughs> I think I can take a guess. Today was time a fairy tale. Sl- oh. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So time slows down whenever you're around. Yeah, but can you feel this magic in the air? Must have been the way you kissed me. Fell in love when I saw you standing there. Must have been the way today was a fairy tale. It must have been the way today was a fairy tale. Time slows down. Whenever you're around. I can feel my okay. heart. This is my favorite lyric because it's the worst <laughs> one. So I'm going to go into this because I have a rant that I have had about this song for years and about this specific part of it. Okay. I'm really excited. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to go off about it. I can feel my heart. It's beating in my chest. (laughs) Do you feel it? Okay. So my issue with this problem, my issue with this problem, my issue with this line is that I can feel my heart beating in my chest would make sense. But I can feel my heart. It's beating in my chest. It's beating my. Yeah, it should be beating in your chest. It's your heart. Like, unless you're dead, (laughs) it's beating in your chest. Which is totally different from saying, I can feel my heart beating in my chest. Like, pointing right. out that you can hear it. Do you know she what I mean? She just needed those extra syllables. Yeah, I guess, to get, it's beating. Yeah, you're right. It, um, it should, no, couldn't she just take a pause? She didn't know how to pause back then. <laughs> she filled all those pause with There's pause. There's a rest <laughs> in music. You can take one. Like, it could have been a, I can feel my heart beating in my chest like just take out the it's and it makes so much more sense it just is like duh it's beating in your chest that's you're alive you're a person you're functioning and i'm and i'm glad but then she says did you feel it um so i guess she's having putting the person's hand on her heart yeah or that it was beating so loud that or did, so did you feel it while we were making out so hard that yeah he felt it while we were hugging or something I, I imagine that he's or the person i want to be inclusive for people who are imagining themselves in the song i imagine that she's like put their hand on her chest and she's like did you feel it i can't put this down what can't she put down her feelings? What? What? Like she can't put down it down into words, except for the fact that it's a fairy tale. <laughs> it's beating in my chest. Did you feel it? Did you feel it? Is is there a break in between beating in my chest and did you feel it to where it's like a separate thought? Did you feel it? 
what is the this? I can't put this down. I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't think, I think, I think we're spending too much time trying All to right. make sense of it. Okay. Well, can you feel this magic in the air? It must have been the way you kissed me. All right. We keep on going. Fell in love when I saw you standing there. Oh, it so irritates me when ever in my class at one point in time in French three, we, we do a unit on fairy tales, just a short unit to use like past tenses. And I always ask the question of like, we'll, we'll read like the beauty and the beast. And there's one version where the moral of the story is like, thanks to the goodness of her heart, she found her true love. And so like, I try to get the students to think critically about that. And I'm always like, well, do you believe in love at first sight? And like, do you think that like, it should be because of how you behave that you are able to find love? And their answers are usually the first go around sort of like, yeah, true love. (laughs) They have to like, push it a little bit further you know and And in french that's impressive yeah thanks but i i feel like that's part of the reason why this bothers me is i don't believe in uh love at first sight and i don't believe in i guess like what is what is that thing i'm thinking of like a soulmate i guess because i feel like if i were born you know, to the same family that I am now, but then my family had moved to another country, I would probably be perfectly happy with another person who I hope would be as wonderful and loving and supportive as my current husband. Um, Maybe I wouldn't be with someone and I would be happy. (laughs) Like, that's also a possibility. My life would have just panned out differently. But I don't believe that I would be miserable without... Is that making any sense? Like, I'm not trying to understate my love for my husband, but like... Right. No, I agree. It's putting too much stock in a relationship as opposed to yourself. Exactly. All right. Um, And then rating of the song. I gave this a... And maybe this is too high, but I gave it a 45 hearts beating in her chest. Wow. I mean, 45. (laughs) I just have to tell you, you're going to scream when I tell you mine. What is it? 74. <gasps> Whoa. I gave it 74 dark gray t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the reason is because, like I said, it's still a bop. And when it comes on, I still sing to Can it. Can you feel this magic in the air? <laughs> yes. Like, I still enjoy listening to it. Is it shallow? Yes. Does it have much substance? No. But I still enjoy listening to it. Mm-hmm. Even though that probably did not ring true throughout my entire. (laughs) I can't like, you know how when you've asked me before, like, could you choose between one to replace from like easily this one could not exist and I would be totally fine. Yeah. And that's fair. And I I feel similar too. if it didn't exist, I'd be fine. But I still because it exists, I still give it a 74. All right. Well, any last thoughts? No, I think I've aired all of my grievances. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on into tell me why which is our theories we have some more theories actually i should correct it's not a we it's aaron has more theories because i'm not very good at this this is my section morgan doesn't get on the internet as much as i do (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because when we have listeners message us sometimes they're like is this morgan or aaron i'm talking to i'm like it's aaron it's usually it's always aaron (laughs) (laughs) 
But I will tell Morgan to look at messages if there's things specifically for her or. Yeah, I'm still reading them. I'm just usually not responding. Exactly. Yes. Um, she's there. She's Larkin. Tay Larkin. Um, so I wanted to go with more of the theories on the trilogy and 1989 release. The thing is, this episode will be released on May 11th. So if the April 30th thing doesn't pan out, you all will definitely know by now because April 30th is coming up this week for us. I know. And I'm trying not, I'm trying not to get excited because I know it's just a theory. All right. Well, 1989, they're, the Reddit. Oh, yes, 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 yes. These are Reddits, which, by the way, a thread on Reddit, they're really missing the opportunity by not calling it a threadit. why not use the portmanteau when you can okay anyways 1989 will be released on june 25th because six plus two plus five adds up to 13 and it's two months out from the potential announcement on friday april 30th so that theory is that all the hints to april 30th have actually just been saying like that's when she's going to announce either a single or that 1989 is coming and April 30th is a Friday, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's... That's it on par with how when she usually releases her albums, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of theories on the April 30th thing, but most of them have to do with the trilogy. And I want to get into that because I really want a trilogy. Going back into the trilogy theory, she wears a braid on each Folklore and Evermore, like um, in an image on each of them. And braids are made of three st- three strands the clock um, in Cowboy Like Me music video is pointing to 4.30. And we talked about that before. But the books in the background of that shot, if you pause it, there's a group of three books, which would represent her country albums, a group of four for her pop albums, and then another group of three, which is like mm, trilogy. Um, And then also in that video, the Cowboy Like Me video, it makes sense that it would be used as an Easter egg because at that point she says, I've got some tricks up my sleeve. Oh, boy. sus. Taylor, you're a sus. It's also consistent. She's or she has consistently used threes when typing words like three of the same letter repeating. And Taylor Nation posted a picture of her walking back into the woods with the caption, if the shoe fits, walk in it everywhere you go, which would be like, you know, she keeps making music. She can't stop. And that line happens at 2.38 in the song, which adds up to 13. I can't believe that people are figuring this shit out. Like, I thought I <laughs> Meanwhile, was... Meanwhile, you're working. I, I, I thought I was... I think I'm a huge fan until I hear stuff like this. <laughs> okay, the thing is, this is like not even... This is like catching the surface. You know when they were on the Titanic and they were like, "That's a small iceberg." Yeah, just a tiny little bit is showing. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, <laughs> you have this no is the idea. Small iceberg. <laughs> yes. Holy you shit! Have no idea what is under the surface here, Morgan. <laughs> I really don't, and I don't know if I want to know. I will say I'm very intrigued by all of these, and I, I, I'm interested in hearing your recap of it. I just don't know if I could go down deep. The way that others in the rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't think I could. I am so far into it. And I will just say that there's so much proof. Like when you go down one of these threadits, I'm calling them, you just 
you can't help but be convinced that a trilogy is coming because it's just like thing after thing after thing after thing. And if nothing else, her reference to three over and over and over since before we knew we were getting um, fearless. More? Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Even then. And um, the merch thing, the theory about the merch, like she's been posting merch in threes and some of them were deleted, but most merch has been released in a set of three and there's three colors and two of the colors seem to be colors from folklore and evermore so what is the third color which is like blue i think i think it's the yeah, blue you, one you talked about that last episode yeah but i think i had said that she deleted all of them which is not true like a lot of the merch has been in sets of three. Oh, okay even things that haven't been deleted and then also you left all my greatest expectations in shambles is something that she said in a recent tweet or caption which is definitely a lyric like that's not something you just casually say and remember when willow was coming out or we didn't know willow was coming out she left captions in her lyrics from willow and everyone was like that's oddly specific weird thing to say that's suspicious that's weird yeah i mean i i'm with you guys i i hope you're right okay all right you ready to move on to taylor trivia yes please Dot com. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be great at this, but we'll see. All right. I actually tried to pick uh, questions that you would potentially know. OK, let's give it a shot. That's nice of me, isn't it, Morgan? Hey, I. <laughs> yes, it was. So am I trying to beat a zero out of three score? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask me only three? Yeah, it, it felt like so many. OK, well, uh, maybe I asked you four. I can't remember. So what was taylor's first single i mean it has to be to mcgraw right yes Woo! one point for morgan good job i told you i tried to pick answers or questions that you would know the answers to taylor voiced which character in the lorax can i call a friend phone a friend phone a friend who are you gonna phone i mean you (laughs) okay all right the answer is audrey yeah i wouldn't have gotten that <laughs> I've seen the Lorax like once, maybe twice. I don't think I've even seen it. What is Taylor's best selling single so far? And this is so far when this book was made. Love Story? Mm-mm. Shake It Off. So this book was made in after during 1989, I think. Actually, right before Lover. It has a reference to Lover in it, doesn't it? No, that was 2020. So that was last year. It's been updated, but it does not include... Um, folklore right okay which has anything from folklore surpassed that i I still think it's shake it off okay that that makes sense that follows that tracks (laughs) that tracks what two songs has taylor written for children with cancer ronin and then there's one that's unreleased so i didn't know it either it's called gracie okay so they're just the names of the Ugh, ronin makes me sob it's so sad what song has Taylor said is her favorite that she's written and performed? Love Story? Yeah. Good job. What is the name of the song Taylor wrote for Miley Cyrus? Oh, shoot. It was in the movie, wasn't it? Maybe not. I never saw that movie and I've never heard You've this song. You've never seen the Miley, the Hannah Montana movie? <sighs> Oh, girl, you are missing out. So I think like I remember enjoying Hannah Montana to a certain point, And then I got to the point where I was like too old to like it. And it was weird. 
I am older than you and I love it. <laughs> but also when you're older, you can watch kids stuff and it's kind of like... I watched it in college. You're choosing to. <laughs> but when you're in high school, it's like everything's make or break. Okay. Anyway, what is the song? It is You'll Always Find Your Way Back Home. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is um, from the movie. Why did Taylor call her album Fearless? Well, didn't we read that liner note before? Because Well, that was her explanation of what the word means. It's not like the original inspiration for the album. Then I have no idea. I didn't know it either because Tim McGraw called her fearless. Oh, okay. Maybe I wonder if it was like in an article or a quote or something. All right. I'm going to give you, I'm doing 13 total. So a few more. What song did Taylor write for her mom as a Christmas present? The Best Day? Yep. I mean that. I should I, makes sense. It's for her mom. What song won't Taylor perform because it makes her cry? There's one on Lover, but it's not talking about that one. Okay, I was just going to ask that because I knew it was the um, uh, Never Grow Up. Yeah, good job, Morgan. Woo! Okay, you're killing it. And what song did Taylor write when she found out her friend was battling bulimia? I also didn't know this. This is your last question. I, I don't know that. It is tied together with a smile. Oh, that, that makes sense. I love that song so much. That is a good song. It's really good. All right. Well, congratulations. You passed. And um, maybe next time you trivia me, you can find some more friendly questions. What What kind of snack she always has in her fridge? Is it a friendly question? <laughs> is it, like, give me an assist, right? Like, we're playing basketball. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, that about wraps it up from us. So we just want to uh, remind you to check out uh, or to check your privilege. And uh, well, and that's an account as well on Instagram that you can follow. So literally check your privilege. Yep. And then there's also an educational account called Check Your Privilege, which I think is really helpful. And you can follow Ibram X. Kendi and the Center for Anti-Racist Research on Instagram, too. But who else can you follow on Instagram, Morgan? Swifterhood podcast. That's right. That's right, baby. You can also follow us on Twitter and TikTok. <laughs> and TikTok, <laughs> which recently heard is actually kind of like going around as a funny way to say TikTok. So you were on the mark. Look at that. I mean, I'm, I'm cooler than I know. <laughs> Without trying. And I'd like to remind the listeners that if we get 75 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, of our show, and they don't have to be good. They could be terrible. It could be like, this podcast is the worst. <laughs> Fucking hate it. Why do I have to listen to these, these two girls, girls talk? They suck. Incessantly. I hope it's not that. Wouldn't that be funny, though, if like, after it all would. the asking of reviews, like, all of them came in and actually brought down our score? <laughs> <laughs> we regret ever doing it. Anyways, if we get 75 written reviews, Morgan will sing... Hey, Steven. And we will put that somewhere for you to enjoy. Please don't forget to subscribe and email us with any questions or comments or thoughts or theories you have at the Swifterhood Podcast at gmail.com. Swifterhood Podcast at gmail.com. Sans the. <laughs> it's not exactly. Thanks for listening. Bye.